Nancy Richards. And coming up here on SAFM Literature in the second hour, we have book two, and here's where the heritage bit comes in. We're going to be hearing about His Story is History, Rural Village Future Through the Eyes of a Rural Village Boy. It's a book one of many by Dr. Chloe Setumu. We'll also, in Bookshelf, be hearing what reader Rachel Imasiku has been reading and why she recommends it. And in our documentary today, the last in the present BBC Changing World series, it's called No Greater Love, the story of one man's heroic self-sacrifice. And I did invite people to call or listeners to call. If you'd like to give us a call, you can, 0892102010. And thank you very much to Mel from Claremont, who called, wanting to know why we weren't talking about the Nobel Literature Prize. Well, thanks very much for the reminder, Mel. And uh, the Nobel Literature Prize, in fact, went to Alice Munro, who, a uh, Canadian short story writer, aged 82. She was one of the favourites to win the honour, and she was awarded in the same year that she announced retirement. And how fitting is that? Sort of like closure, as it were. And just whilst we're on famous authors, authors and uh, awards that they've been getting, acclaimed South African author Andre Brink, and I read this the other day, received the Grande Médaille de Vermeille de la Ville de Paris. De Paris, I suppose that should be, on Tuesday. And it's the highest honour given in the French capital, and it was awarded by Mayor Bertrand Delano himself. The award is given each year to those who've made significant cultural contributions, not just to France, but to the entire world. So, well done, Andre Brink. You can add that, add that further to the many already in his cap. And here we are listening to SAFM Literature right now. Well, talking earlier about stories, and how interesting was that with our two storytellers there, and, and how stories can keep a community healthy, could keep them together. Well, we're going to stay with community and the rural village because next in our book two feature, Dr. Klose Tumu, he's written a book called His Story is History, Rural Village Future Through the Eyes of a Rural Village Boy. It's one of many that he's written uh, as an academic and what he calls a uh, cultural activist, but we have him on the line to tell us all. Hi, Dr. Setumu. Uh, hi, Nancy. Thank you very much for joining us. Um, Thank you. Very much. Good. What I'd like to know firstly is a little bit about yourself before we get on to your books, because I think you've written several books, and I think that history and heritage are very close to your heart. Tell us about you and why heritage is so important to you. Uh, thank you, Nancy. I think, firstly, I am a rural village boy. Like the book indicates, I was born and bred in the Mahaving area, uh, which is a very rural, poor place, uh, uh, about uh, 100 kilometers uh, towards the western side of Bulokwani. And uh, I grew up in uh, my grandfather's uh, extended family. And then, uh, you know, all those uh, rural dynamics until... Really, they got a toll on me. I grew up very poor, but uh, uh, as in the book I indicated, I had to struggle with my education. And then uh, at the end, uh, during my studies, I found out that heritage could be very useful in alleviating poverty in a, in a, a rural area. Hmm. So... The, 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 if you can look at the t uh, subtitle of the book, Rural Village Future, Through the Eyes of a Rural Village Boy, I want to show that uh, there is future for the rural areas like Mahavin because they have got uh, the potential, especially because of heritage. But people 
uh, we tend not to uh, concentrate on that kind of potential. Okay. Heritage can be useful in alleviating poverty. Just explain how. I don't know if you were listening to us earlier. We were talking about storytelling and passing on culture and wisdom through the art of storytelling. So uh, what what are you suggesting then, that heritage can somehow pull people out of their poverty? Because there's no shame in being in a rural village. It's the poverty that goes with it that can be the problem. Yes, yes. I think uh, the the, the issues you you have touched on earlier about things like storytelling and then uh, rural uh, phenomena like uh, the dancing, uh, traditional dancing and all those. All those things, if they can be packaged and then if they can be uh, followed up and researched thoroughly and then packaged, they can add up to another, uh, other, another set of potentials like, you know, the, 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 the history and heritage of those rural areas, the, the, the tangible part of the heritage and the civic beauty of other rural areas like the Mahaving I am from. So all those uh, heritage aspects, if they can be, uh, first of all, I think, Nancy, it should be uh, for, for them to be researched. Because if you cannot research those uh, issues thoroughly, and then you take them, you write, you document them, and you package them for them to be beneficial to those communities. They will never, ever reach their potential of uh, assisting uh, uh, the rural folk. I'm just going to throw this in, and I'm sure that you'll know what I mean. One of the things about heritage is that young people in particular, and I'm stereotyping here or generalizing here, young people tend to be more interested in the future and aspirational things than in the past. So there's a bit of a problem there. It's not everybody who's going to want to know about their heritage. I think, Nancy, what you are saying could be partly correct, but uh, if uh, those youth or the the young people you are talking about are not exposed to these things, then that is where the problem starts regarding to what you are saying. But if today, let's say, for instance, uh, the, the, the youth we are talking about, they are exposed to uh, exactly where they come from in terms of what should have been uh, researched in terms of their heritage, they are exposed in a mediums like uh, the, your, your radio, for instance, like the, the, the television, for instance, like they are taught about this in schools. I think we could be uh, talking something different. But if uh, uh, we continue about uh, uh, having our children being exposed to, 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 to uh, the TV stuff, which they does not expose their heritage or their history, that's why we are going to have a problem. Because what I can say is that we lack in terms of content in terms of books, in terms of programs, in terms of those uh, content platforms where uh, this youth could uh, be exposed to, 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 to all this heritage and uh, their history. Do you think we maybe, when you say that heritage needs to be researched, in some ways it, it shouldn't need to be researched because we should be passing it on from one generation to another. I mean, one should be able to say, my grandmother came from and her mother came from and my grandfather did. 
but we we don't so much anymore. Do, yeah, do you think? Yeah, oh, oh, mm, I was going to say, is it, is it our own fault that we are forgetting about our heritage? I think yes, it's because of uh, the, the the society, Nancy, uh, the way we are psyched, you know, to be looking at. Uh, the, 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 the television content, which is mostly uh, exported and dumped to, to into our, 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 our rooms, rather than maybe doing an effort. I want to, to emphasize this issue of uh, researching, not necessarily uh, the sense that maybe we would be going to find something new somewhere. But what I want like to say is that researching in terms of getting information about ourselves and packaging it and then putting it into proper platforms where it can be accessed uh, uh, by uh, the generation. Because as you rightfully say, uh, this should be about passing something from one generation to the other. But having said that, you should be having the content which you, 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 you will be passing to, to the next generation. Yeah. Yeah, and, and particularly sort of role models. And I'm just looking, a, a, apart from the book that you've written, His Story is History, Rural Village Future Through the Eyes of a Rural Village Boy, there's another one that you've written called Our History and Heritage, Wars of Resistance, 10 volumes on the history of black traditional leaders who resisted European colonial intrusion. And, and it goes on to list each and every one of them. Can you tell us the story of just one of them? that you think is a really valuable person for younger people or uh, this generation to know about? Uh, maybe, uh, 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 Nancy, let me take uh, 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 a, of, uh, uh, or a few seconds trying to put that into perspective mm. because what I said earlier about the need for research and packaging something we can pass uh, on to our uh, future generation is that if you don't have information, say, for instance, about those warrior leaders who fought against colonial intrusion, I'm going to pick up one of them, say, for instance, Malibu. If you don't have information about that, if our youth don't have information about Malibu, what is it that uh, they are going to pass to uh, 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 their younger generation. So in other ways, uh, when I wrote those books, uh, I was doing my MA at the University of Pretoria. Mm. So I was a little bit worried because I was doing a uh, 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 MA at a in a topic where I was supposed to get information about those kind of leaders like Malabo, Makado, Sikukune, Ngungunyani, etc. But unfortunately, when I perused in libraries, I found minimal information about that part of history. That is what prompted me to say, if we don't have uh, information, for instance, about those uh, traditional leaders, those warrior kings, those rural stories, which, which, which are not told, but we have got the youth who are from those rural areas, then we are having a problem of having now to have the youth who are going to pass the, 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 the information and what they have learned without necessarily having that kind of information which I tried to, to research and project. So those books that you, the books that you perused and presumably Googled, 
you weren't able to find the information. So where did you find the information? Yes, that's where now I had to, 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 to fortunately, as a historian, I was taught that uh, oral history is also part of a, 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 a important source of information. And then you have got uh, archaeology and other forms of information. So when researching on that, I relied on uh, other sources, including primary sources, uh, which gave, which shed more light on those stories, uh, because in the mainstream books or in the mainstream histories which we perused, uh, unfortunately, there was no information. Yes, I can imagine. So primary sources, by, by which you mean you went and spoke to people who had memories? Yes, yes. Mm. I remember uh, much of the, the, the information, especially uh, from, uh, from, uh, from, uh, from uh, people who previously did not have the art of writing. Their, uh, their stories were mainly passed from one generation uh, to, to the other through oral, uh, uh, through, through the word of mouth. Mm. But fortunately, as a historian, we have got methodologies where when you get a story from uh, those people, you have ways of corroborating it with other sources and other methods to ensure that you don't, uh, you, you, you try to balance uh, the distortions and the memory losses and all those. But all in all, what I'm trying to say, Nancy, is that uh, in, 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 in our history, we have got much that has been lost because of uh, uh, the kind of history we have today. But And then at the same time, we, we have got uh, those lost stories. We have got somewhere, somehow, to go back and see if we cannot maybe uh, get a way of having to balance everything, looking backward at the same time as mm. looking forward. I'm determined to get a story from you, and I'm looking for two stories. I'd really like to hear a little bit about your, you know, your memories as a rural village boy, perhaps something you remembered there, but I think it was, was it Maraboho you were going to tell us about? Okay. Uh, firstly, maybe if you uh, want to hear a story from myself personally, because what I did with this book of uh, History is History, if you look at the main title, History is History, I used uh, my personal story where I was born in a, a very, very, very uh, poor rural village and in a poor family where uh, I tried by all means, maybe I was fortunate uh, because my, my mother was very sickly. And then uh, fortunately, she, 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 she forced me to, to, to go to school I, until I got matric. And then uh, when I got matric, uh, I did not have an opportunity to go to university or to a college. But uh, uh, incidentally, I was to be a private teacher where at the same school where, where, where I, 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 I matriculated. So there was a situation where I had to teach uh, the, the finishing class, which, which was the 10. I taught history there. And then I was teaching the, 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 the people who 
some of them failed the standard. So I taught people with whom I, I was uh, with the previous year. You see, that was a very uh, tricky and, uh, and uh, very challenging situation. But all in all, Nancy, eventually through uh, my correspondence with the University of South Africa, I managed until... Uh, Educationally, I am where I am with a PhD. But uh, looking back at the beginning of the, the poverty I, 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 I started from, I thought that it would be interesting for me to share a story in the form of a book because that book is uh, my personal biography. And then I incorporated this uh, element of heritage. And then uh, trying to show that even if uh, this rural village boy is coming from the deep rural areas, he was able to reach at point B and then is also trying to, to, to tell people that in their rural surroundings there is hope, there is future, there is rural village future. You see, there is something we can we can get out, even if we are born in poor rural conditions. Yeah, yeah. You know, I'm just taking a flyer here. Right at the beginning of the program, I was saying that we'd had an email from somebody by the name of T.M. Ramabulana in Limpopo, who says that uh, they have lots of ideas but would like to be guided on how to write short stories or a novel. Did anybody teach you how to write a book? I mean, in your studies, in your, your learnings, was it just assumed that you would be able to write a book? No, I think uh, there was nobody who actually just taught me to say, to write a book, you must do this. I think uh, I come from that extended family of a good uh, oral storytellers. My, my grandmother and my, my aunt, uh, they were, when I was a little boy, when I was coming uh, in the evening after looking after the cattle, and then in the evening I would sit down around fire. They would tell me the riddles, they would tell me the legends and all those things. And then uh, when I went to school, there was always this thing in me about uh, the desire to tell people about something. So because uh, personally I'm not that much of a fluent speaker, you know, the pen was a, 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 a ready weapon for me to, to put down in my little space in a corner. So I ended up uh, putting pen on paper, and then until, you know, you, you take something to the publisher, they turn it back, until now they approve it, until up to now, having written over 15 other books. So your advice to T.M. Ramabulana about how to write a novel would be what? My advice, firstly, would be to write what you feel. You know, the problem is that you write something, you take it to a publisher, or you take it to someone to read it, and then that person says, no, this thing is not fit to be published, this thing is this and that. So you become discouraged, you mm. become demoralized, and then you say, I cannot write. So I was very fortunate to be to be persistent in what I am writing. I don't write for other people to accept what I am writing. I write what I feel deep inside me to communicate a particular message. And whether people 
would want it or would accept it, that is another story. So I would advise Ramabulana because he must be having something, or she must, if he's a she or is a he, he must be having something deep in him which is burning like a desire to say, I, I, I want to put out this message across. I don't think he is just wanting to write for the sake of him. Yeah, that is yeah. that's something which is burning inside him. So he must ensure that that thing he puts on paper, the time will come if maybe uh, that could see the light of being published and then be shared uh, among other people. That's very wise advice indeed, Dr. Tlosa Tumo. Thank you very much. It's been really interesting to hear your, your thoughts. We didn't get the story on Malibojo, but thank you very much. I'm going to give out the details of both your books, in fact, if anybody would like to get hold of them. So thank you for your time. And the book that we've been talking about is called His Story is History, Rural Village Future Through the Eyes of a Rural Village Boy. And it is, in fact, Dr. Tlosa Tumo's own story. And the publisher is Unisa Press. Equally, if you'd like to find out about the other one, it's called Our History and Heritage, Wars of Resistance, 10 volumes on the history of black traditional leaders who resisted European colonial intrusion. Dr. Satuno, is that, um, and that's available where? Uh, the, 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 the books, uh, many of my books, they are un- available on uh, many leading stores and then uh, the, the, the other, those other 10 volumes are available in an academic bookshop in Pulukwane as well. And mm-hmm. then uh, the, the other one, uh, His Story is History, uh, is, uh, is published by UNISA, mm-hmm. and then they can get it on, uh, on uh, UNISA's we- uh, website, mm-hmm. www.unisa.ac.za, at uh, ac.za, and uh, at UNISA Press uh, uh, forward slash. Excellent. Thank you very much for your time and thank you for your advice and your wisdom. Thank you. Take thank care. Thank you very much, Nancy, for having me. Take care. Dr. Tlose Tumu, and uh, incident, if you want to Google him, it's uh, T-L-O-U-S-E-T-U-M-U. Uh, Unisa Press, www.unisa.ac.za. Now we've given out some advice on how to write a book, and I think that was it was really interesting, sound stuff. So if you've got something that if you want to write a book, maybe first you have to think about what it is that you have to say, and if it's something that really impassions you, maybe that's the place to start. Well, next at this time we get ourselves a recommended read from a, a reader, and uh, today our reader is Rachel Imasiku. But don't forget that if you've got a title that you are reading or you'd really like to tell us about because you absolutely loved it, you're welcome to. You can pop us a, a mail at books at safm.co.za, books at safm.co.za. And don't forget, to, earlier we heard from, our, in fact, on my Facebook page, Barbara was telling us about the book called False River by Dominique Borta. She said it's the best book she's ever read, and I think if you feel that way about a book, it's got to tell somebody else something. So let's find out from Rachel what she's been reading and uh, why it's got to her. Hi, Rachel. Hi, how are you? Excellent, excellent. Tell us what you've been reading and why you're enjoying it. Um, I recently read a book written in Sukhwana, and it's my mother tongue, and I had never attempted outside school to read a book in my own language. And it's written by Sabata Mukai, and it's called Hajimubisa Wahaho. 
Okay. And it was, it was relevant to me because it's set up in the modern South Africa where we deal with issues of corrupt officials. The moral dilemma, you know, you always look at corruption from the side of the victim. Um, you don't look at corruption from the side that, of the person who actually took the bribe or did something wrong. And it actually gives a perspective and the moral dilemma that the person went through before accepting the bribe and how eventually they end up um, killing themselves by mistake because he was running away um, from um, everyone after being found out. And I think, you know, the book appealed to me, one, because, yes, it's written in my own mother language, and secondly, because it's relevant to modern South Africans and post-democracy when we deal with issues of service delivery, when we deal with issues of corruption, and the moral dilemma that we go through. And I think the twist again in the story is that um, the, the person who actually accepted the bribe is found out by his own sibling, his own brother. And so you have this uh, conflict between two brothers with the one taking the position of, um, you know, why did you accept the bribe? And the other denying and saying, no, I didn't take the bribe. So it, it was quite an interesting read, and sure. I would recommend it. No, I didn't get I didn't get the title at all. Uh, Sabata Mohai, was it? Did you say? Haike Mudisa Wahau. Okay, Haike Mudisa. Mudisa. Mudisa Wahau. Yes. Okay. I'm quite sure that my spelling is not absolutely right at all, but but it's it's Sabata Mohai. Yes. Okay. Um, okay. Okay. I've got that. Yes. Um, Rachel, it really, really interesting. Now, who wrote this book? And is it a contemporary book? Is it somebody? Are they coming from the the point of view of a novelist or um, a moralist? Who wrote it? Um, the guy I mean, who wrote it is I mean, Sabata. Who is Sabata? Yeah. Who is Sabata? Um, and interesting enough, I didn't know Sabata until I went to the market theater and I was looking, you know how they normally have like a bookstore mm. um, outside and I was going through the books and I came up um, and saw the book. But he's a South African uh, young man, um, born in South Africa, raised in South Africa. And I think in this case, it's coming from a point of view of a moralist. Um, more than a novelist, because when I read the book, with the perspective, I, I thought that he was writing from. Can you hear me all right? Yes, I can you're, hear you, correct. You're in, in, a, in a kind of a noisy spot, but I think we're getting where you're coming from. Um, okay, can, can you hear me all right, Rachel? Yes, I can uh, hear you. Okay. The fact that it's in Setswana, was that particularly helpful for you? Not, not really. It wasn't particularly helpful for me because, um, I mean, I did Tuzona in high school many years ago, and I had never read a book in my um, mother tongue. And initially when I bought the book, I thought I'll probably need a Tuzona dictionary so that I can translate every word. And interesting enough, when I started reading, um, it wasn't an issue. I could read it from end to end without any hassle at all. Hmm. So um, you would anticipate it being a challenge, but I'm just wondering if it would have, if it had been translated into English or any other language, if it would have come across in a different way. What do you think? 
I think so. I think it's appealed it also in the fact that it's written in Sequana. Yeah. Um, I think it wouldn't have come out as strongly as it did, or it wouldn't have appealed to me as much if it was in English. Yeah. Do you think, is it a true story? I mean, is it a, is it a novel? And is it a true story, do you think, or is it um, speculation on this? I, I don't think it's a true story. Um, I, I, I don't think so. I mean, um, it didn't come across as a true story. Mm. Uh, I suppose that one will have to ask about that. Yes, yes. Now, just give me a literal translation of Haiki Modisa Wahaho. What, what does that actually mean? I'm not your shepherd. I'm not your shepherd. Okay. Fascinating. Uh, you don't yes. by any chance know the publisher, do you? No, unfortunately, I can email you the details and then you can put them up.